everybody. Welcome to Nexus at Night. I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Root Beer. And joining us. And joining is, uh, us is Zistral. Zistral. Hello. 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 Nice uh, to have me on. Yeah, uh, and nice having you on. Uh, many people know Zistral also as a Yellow Card Vanguard on YouTube and Twitter and all that. Um, great memes. Great, great memes. memes, definitely. <laughs> Thank you. Um. So uh, I I kind of brought you on the show mainly because of uh, your extensive knowledge of the Link Joker clan, which uh, is what we're going to be talking about today on the premium profile, as well mm-hmm. as the massive uh, rant video that you put out when uh, Chaos Breaker was introduced. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, That's... Hmm? See, I'm, I'm a bit conflicted about that because... You know, I by no means would I call myself an amazing player. I would say I would say I'm above average, but the amount of which I am above average is below average, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like I put myself at like the fifty five percent level in terms of skill. <laughs> so it's really weird to like, you know, to feel that I'm a decent like, I'm better than most people but not that much better. Mm-hmm. And to see, like, the wildly differing opinions, especially when it comes to, like, you know, Vanguardians or, like, Twitter or whatever, and people going, like, oh, my God, chaos. And I'm just sitting here going, like, am I missing something here? Is this card, is this card even good? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be fair, that's, that's actually how it's been for a lot of Link Joker's history. Like, you look at it and be like, wow, this seems amazing. And then you actually sit down and play with the card and you're like, and then you, know, you play against, like, whatever's meta at the time. And you're like, oh, maybe, maybe not. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think the reason that everyone has a fear of uh, Lynch Joker is because it's arguably Vanguard's only control clan. I think yep. control is a weird term to use, because this, this is a whole separate topic we could spend ages on, so I'm not going to get into it for too much, but I think the words like control, aggro, and midrange don't apply to Vanguard because Vanguard's a very tempo based game rather than like like timing and stuff like that, you know. Things like deck speed and how you win the game, you know, mm-hmm. things that usually used to categorize control and aggro don't really like exist in Vanguard. People just play the game. But I think the thing, you know, I think a better way of like trying to describe I think what your point is is that Link Joker is the, one of the only clans in the game that stops people playing the game. I think that's what people kind of Especially yeah. for casual players, yeah, like they're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't like this." Yeah, Link Joker also had kind of the first way of winning the game without actually winning the game, and yeah, without going to six sense. damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that kind of feeds into that as well. Yeah, like it kind of like breaks the quote-unquote fundamental rules of Vanguard. Like you know, if you're trying to teach Vanguard to a beginner, to like someone who's never played Vanguard before. Link Jokers, you can be your biggest source of headache, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's also, yeah. like, because of uh, the homogeneity of the aesthetics, the red and black rings, um, it looks a little scary, even on a subconscious level. Especially when you start seeing, like, reverse cards, like, oh, it's a corrupting influence on the game. Mm. I don't know yeah, how... Yeah, like it definitely, especially when you put together, like, the anime, and, you know, how it's portrayed as, like, oh, these are the bad guys. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. 
it's kind of like you know not right or like not normal on some fundamental le- like some instinctive level mm-hmm. it's got like an uncanny valley feel to it yeah um so uh like how long have you been playing link Shoker? uh probably i think since it came out in english which was like what 2013, 2014 ballpark sort of time frame? I think so. Sounds about right. Well, the, yeah, that like first BT set 13. was like, yeah. or BT12, BT13, because, uh, yeah. Let's see. Something like that, because you got, um, what's his face? The, what was the I think it was BT13. I didn't have, I didn't pick up Nebula Lords on release. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so actually, this, this is a good chance to like really quickly explain my Vanguard history. So I actually started, I actually started back in like early 2012 in Japanese like when the game first came out in Japanese because like oh you know this is like I've been playing White Shorts for a few months I was like oh the guys that make White Shorts are making this new card game let's check it out so I picked up the game in Japanese played up to BTO3 in Japanese and then just around that time they announced that they would bring out English Vanguard so like cool I can start playing this game with my friends in English now and they don't have to look up Japanese cards I don't have to translate for them and then I got told that Japanese cards can't be used in English like with English cards so I was like well, this Japanese Tsukiyomi deck that I have is now worthless, so I rage quit the game. <laughs> and then, you know, fast forward like a year and a half, like actually closer to two years. Uh, BT13 is just coming in English, and I was like, oh, hey, it's Vanguard, there's that game that I quit. And uh, one of my friends went really deep into Catastrophic Outbreak because he's an Aquaforce main, and you know, BT13 was like a oh, breath yeah. of fresh air for Aquaforce. Yeah. So he went really deep into that set and he picked up Chaos Breaker. Like, you know, he's like, Ben, check out this Chaos Breaker thing. It's really cool. I'm like, oh, hey, this looks kind of interesting. What's Link joking? He's like, oh, yeah, it's this new clan. Like, you know, they've only had like one set of support and a trial deck. I have some of the pieces if you interested. I was like, yeah, I'll take a look at this. And I, you know, I was flicking through the cards. And I was like, I read up what Lock does. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because, you know, when when you compare it to my experience of just BT3 Tsukiyomi, like, locking and then drawing was like super insane. Mm hmm. So, you know, fast forward then a month later, and it's Springfest here in Europe. And, you know, we're there for the whole weekend. Weiss is on day two, which is what I was originally there for. And my friend was like, dude, there's Vanguard. You might as well just come play with us anyway. And he just handed me this really, really poorly built short shell deck with two <laughs> copies of Chaos Break, because that's all he pulled. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, lineup was, the lineup was three infinite zeros, four Schwarz shields, and two Chaos Breakers, and that was it. Oh and the thing, like... I don't remember much else about the deck other than it had one Aurora Eagle, because I remember writing down one in the deck list, and it was playing some number of stand triggers. So it was like super far away from an optimal deck. From a, you know, it was nowhere even close to optimal. But we still somehow went, I think, like 2 2 or like 2 3 before we dropped something like that. Like, so I, I won a game or two. And again, you know, this is after having not played Vanguard for over a year. And just. Like reading the reading the cards throughout the day, being like, oh, I can do this. Oh, like you know, I can break ride and then search. You know, so like you know, or I can choose not to do this, like based on what if I find like something in the top five or whatever from the ride chain. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like you know, Vanguard's kind of interesting again. And so I stuck with it for a little bit more. And yeah, I kind of started from there. I was like, okay, I'll you know, I offered to like buy the deck off of him, bought the other two Chaos Breakers I needed. I bought the last fourth infinite zero, did some more adjustments. And I paused, like, 
I paused Vanguard again, like, midway through Legion, mainly because, you know, University was, like, Uniwork was stacking up, so I didn't have time to put into card games, and, you know, the constant releases, like, every, like, a Y set would release that I wanted to get, and then a month later, there'd be a Vanguard set, and then the next month, there'd be another Y set, and it'd just, you know, be this, like, huge back and forth that I just couldn't balance. And I was also playing Magic competitively at the time as well. So oh, my God. That's an, yeah, that's, that was another money sink. It's a lot of TCGs. Yeah. yeah. It was tough on a student budget, I'll say that much. <laughs> but, you know, I kept, the, I kept the Vanguard stuff, and I kept it in the back of my mind. And, you know, people, like, my friend would constantly link me, like, hey, man, then, you know, Here's the Link Joker Legion. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. Omega Locks. That's we haven't had that in a long time since Glendios. And he he showed me like, oh yeah, look at this grade two. It just locks on place. That's super insane. I was like, yeah, that's super cool. And then it became you know TD only as a one. I was like, oh, I don't want to fucking buy four TDs just for this shit. What was the? Oh, was it a photon? Photon. Yeah. 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 But like, I would always, I'd always appreciate the fact that. Link Joker was one of the few ways in the game that I could stop my opponent playing the game because like I said, I'd been playing competitive Magic for a year and a bit up to that point, and in Magic I was playing hard control from the very beginning like, like you know, I started my, my Magic career started back in 2007 back in Lorwyn so you know, we're dealing with like, blue-black fairies and then we moved on to like, the World Wake era where I was playing, you know, blue-white, like, board-wipe control, and then Jason oh, yeah. Mind Sculptor came out you know, like, and then Liliana the Veil came out. Like, I just wanted, for me as a card gamer, my, I always have the most fun when my opponent's having the least fun. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of like the only reason. That's the main reason I play Link Joker because when Link Joker first came out, it was all about your opponent not having fun, and it was ex- you know, this was doubled down on the fact that most people didn't know how to play into it very well. So I was just racking up free wins because people just like you know walk straight into getting triangle locked. He's a sadist, but he's yeah. honest about it, so it's fine. Yeah, like you know, I'll I'll ruin your day, but I'll t- I'll tell you like I'm gonna ruin your day. I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you about it. The the strategy some people would employ against Link Joker are sometimes very interesting. <laughs> like what? Just like, oh, I'm just gonna drag out the game as long as possible. Like, and I'm like, but why? That's like literally the point of Link Joker. Like yeah. People would be playing Freeze Ray and they'd be like, Yeah, I'm just gonna not gonna attack him and I'm like Okay. So when are you winning? <laughs> At what like what other way do you have to win the game? <laughs> My strategy I mean, was like, always to just go as hard as I can, as fast as I can, so that by the time they wrote Freeze Ray, Chaos Breaker, whatever, they were already at four or five damage and it was you know Yeah, that was generally the way to play. Like the only way that went bad that could go badly for you is if they randomly hit into Short Shield, which, you know, if they were playing, and that's already a bad deck to begin with. <laughs> feel okay. I mean, <laughs> obviously, like, you know, things like only calling half a board, like, you know, leaving your left column empty, but filling up your right columns so that you can attack them more than they can attack you. That, like, there's, it, it, it's, there's, like, a very gentle balance that needed to be struck. Like, you know, you need to win the game, but you can't win the game too much because then they can just do whatever the hell they want. Hmm. And obviously it doesn't help that, you know, throughout the years, the way to beat Link Joker changed massively. Like, you know, going into, like, early G era, the way to beat them was to not call anything, like, you know, to, to prolong the game. Because by that point, Freeze Ray had phased out, and they were relying on, you know, like, these garbage, like, 
strides like universe that just did nothing half the time mm-hmm. and then by mid to late g the way to beat them was just to rush their face in because they had garbage riz and couldn't fight back so yeah, yeah I, I, that's, that's another factor why you know people dislike it because it was like the way to beat it was always unintuitive and it changed every now and again compared to like you know like Kagero, where the way to beat Kagero is just really easy, which is just pray that they don't check crits. <laughs> or or against Dimension Police, which is pray they don't check grade threes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just just have two PGs. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, no, that that doesn't even work every time either. Like Matt Matt played Dimension Police for the you know the longest time, and my strategy was just throw down one and be like, you know what? I'm not I'm so not I gonna think, panic over this. Just I'd it happens or it doesn't. Break sometimes. Yeah. And then they'd be like, well, I guess. <laughs> I guess one is two. <laughs> and two is one. And uh, you know what? Just one and hope he doesn't get it. Oh, no, it was on the first one. I'm dead. Cool. Good game. Try again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like, it's it's that sort of... You know, going back to what I said, it's that way... You know, the ability to, like, stop your opponent from playing the game was what always could have brought me back. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously... You know, then Messiah became its own defined thing. Delita became its own defined thing. How do you and, feel you know, about it? They were different enough, but I, I, I found some I found some interest in Messiah, so it wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I always liked Messiah, not just because of the aesthetic, where they looked like these liquid metal dragons. They looked like a, like a Five Gum commercial came to life or something. <laughs> Liquid metal dragon spaghetti noodle. Yeah, exactly. But the thing that I liked about it was it was more a multi-attack deck than it was about control. Or mm. early messiahs kind of threaded the needle a bit, where it did both, and yeah. then after a while they brought chaos back in full. So Star Vaders became the dedicated locking archetype, and Messiah was just another rush deck. Yeah. And still weak to retire, because that's uh, Link Joker's thing, it seems. Yeah, so, like, when it first came out, I was like, wow, what's the point of self-lock? This is garbage, right? Because I'd experienced, like, you know, I was there, I'd experienced the reverse format, where people would, you know, play, like, normal reverse decks and just get shat on by chaos. <laughs> so I'm still remembering, like, I still have memories of that point. So when I got told, like, oh yeah, you lock your own rearguards, I'm just like... Hmm. But then On I saw purpose? an actual, I was like, <laughs> yeah. But then I saw an actual, I was like, okay, you know, like I, I, I vibe with this a little bit. And then, like I said, the support for it got more well defined. Like the combos became more uh, intricate. Like you actually did stuff now rather than just, oh, I locked mine to lock yours. I guess. <laughs> I think it became more clear and to Misty me. The Messiah what... was like a hundred dollars. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was annoying. Yeah. Um, it, it it became more clear to me what the deck was about when someone explained to me that when you unlock cards, they come out standing no matter what they were doing when you locked them. Mm. And that made a lot more sense because I think in the like original era or Legion or whatever, whenever people would lock their cards, they put them horizontally. So in my right. head, I'm like, oh, they come out rested. But no, they because it comes out standing, I think also in the show they would have them be vertical. Um, yeah. And I think that made it make more sense to me. 
Yeah. The thing about, like, early G in Messiah is that I think it was, like, what, GBT 5? I think it was when the second wave of support came out? Like, I think so. That was... I think so, yeah. Like, yeah. That, that was... That wave of Messiah support was actually really, really, like, fun to figure out the combo for because, obviously, the card pool wasn't anywhere near as huge then. Card effects weren't anywhere near as strong. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, knowing, like, okay, I can... Instead of arresting their back row, I can arrest them my back row to reset my booster and you know do this, this, and this. And then you know, unlock the board and you know, get two more attacks in with the plus 5k. It was like, ooh, ooh. And you know, g- again, going back to my magic roots, whenever I can't play a deck, when, like, so hard control is my number one go-to choice. But when hard control is not feasible or you know is bad in the meta or whatever, my number two choice is combo. So for those of you that play Magic, I played Storm, I played Eggs, I played uh, what's the other, what's the other one called Affinity, like anything that requires you to spend like ten minutes doing a lot of stuff to yourself is like my next best choice, and then that's <laughs> and that's what kind of Messiah fulfills. Like you know, the, the only deck in G that was better at self combo than Messiah was like Victor, which I also played. <laughs> So, you know, that's kind of why Messiah ticked, you know, it ticked the other box for me. It was like, okay, I just get to spend 10 minutes figuring out how I'm going to ta- approach this turn, and it's going to take you eight attacks to guard. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, watch. Just just sit back and watch. It's definitely a big learning point in G era <laughs> specifically. When you definitely, like, when you're about to stride, you'll need to, like, think and be like, what is this turn doing <laughs> before you stride instead of just like mindlessly striding unless you only have one good stride well that's fair that's a reasonable yeah point. yeah envious <laughs> so like you was compared, compared to like the limit break area it was just like what's your board oh it's two 12k attackers and my vanguard gains a crit it's like yep. what what like now it's like what's your board oh it's this that locks this and when this is locked this locks and when that locks, this becomes unlocked. And when this attacks, it unlocks. Like, it's a little bit more, like... You know, again, even compared to Victor, like, early Victor was what? Here's eight grade 2s that stand another rearguard and a Sazanda. <laughs> and then just restand the Sazanda over and over. And Yeah. And uh, and that's pretty much it. You're dead. Good game? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it worked. I'm not going to knock you. It worked. It was just... Simple? Yeah. Like compared to, you know, compared to like early limit break, even early legion, where deck building was very easy. You, know, you just played okay. You have four of the legion leader, four of your backup legion, you know, four of the legion mate, four of like your grade two attacker, four copies of you know your plusing grade two. I mean, with messiah, your ratios were all over the place because you had to balance. You had to balance things that locked, things that unlocked, things that benefited locks, things that benefited unlocks. You had a lot more moving pieces compared to, like, say, you know, equivalent deck of the time, which is Royals, right? Like, mm-hmm. G Royals, early G Royals especially, was just, you have a bunch of search and a bunch of search targets, and that's it. It's, I think that's, well, that's what made it weak to retire, right? Because you, you had uh, stuff that benefited from locking and unlocking, but you didn't have a lot of, um, you know, direct searching. You would have stuff that would, like, unlock draw two or whatever. Yeah. Um, or uh, your, you know, your Messiah Grade Three in general was end phase soul blast draw, soul blast draw. 
Um, but it was still just drawing off the top of your deck. You didn't really have much uh, control into what you were getting. So it was really hard yeah. to like turn that into a board turn after turn if your opponent was just clearing it every time. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that's, that's a problem that continues throughout a lot of pretty much the entirety of Link Joker's life. The only exception being that one short period during the end of G when Clan Booster came out and we had a bunch of top three effects. But then they turned out to be bad, so whatever, lol. <laughs> I mean, you guys got the Rondo of Chaos and Galaxy Stargate like in quick succession. Yeah. Um, let's see, Rondo of Chaos was October 2017 December. in Japan and December in English. And then... Mm-hmm. Uh, Galaxy Stargate was March in English February in English 2018 and January end of of February early March yeah Yeah. Um, I I remember it because that's when I that's why that's why I cracked the case with different flight like went over to his place we made a big thing out of it oh I remember that that was a good thing Um, the only set the only set that came out in between then was Zoo Booster Oh, Zoo Booster. Yep. Such a such a fun set, and then... Hey, uh, Zoo Booster did things. It did. It did yeah. some things. You got, like, cool Asha support. It was uh, fine, yeah. I just I just very distinctly remember testing testing Galaxy Stargate stuff against a friend of mine who was playing Ghidorah at the time, and, you this was, like, just coming off the wave of, oh, my God, Ghidorah, like, you know, Overwhelm's one of the best cards ever printed. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he was going mad with Overwhelm power, and he was like... I remember a sentence he said to me during testing was like, nothing I do matters, because next turn you're just going to integral me. And I just remember going like, yeah, yeah, so much for that, <laughs> yep. so much for all of what you've done. Um, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about deleters for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where do you land on those? So my, story, my history with deleters is actually quite funny, because obviously they weren't around when I picked up Link Joker, mm-hmm. and I'd already stopped, like, I already took a break from Vanguard when they got introduced. Mm. And then by the time I got back into Vanguard, which was, you know, mid-ish, like, early to mid-G, like, GBT-06 time frame. Like, early G-Guards? Just before G-Guards, yeah. Okay. Like, you know, so around that point was when they had just been forgotten again. <laughs> so yeah, I never really had the chance to like explore or like get get exposed to them very much until uh until actually like GBT eleven time frame. Like this is like mid to late G, so just before yeah. I think it's like December. Just before Worlds of that year. Uh I was talking with a friend of mine who had qualified for Worlds and we were saying like what the good decks to take to Worlds are. And we were saying, like, yeah, Overlord's going to be good, GBT-13 Overlord, Thavas, GBT-13 Thavas is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this, this, and this would still be really good. And he brought up deletes. like, yeah, deletes could be good. So I was like, oh, really? I don't know I don't know about deletes. And he's like, yeah, so there's this, and you have Given with stand triggers. And because you're not GB restricted, you can just go first, delete their Vanguard, and do stuff. And we started exploring the dope. We started testing it. And it was, it was all right. And I realized, like, okay, yeah, this is pretty good. You know, I don't know. I just don't know why I've never, like... like looked into it before because it is link joker like i should be interested in link joker i just wow. never never really like gave him the time of day and then huh. but at the time i was like this is fine but like it's whatever like you know the aesthetic is completely out there like you know, instead of being you know cyber robots or like cyber dragons or like you know these cool like space alien things 
Instead, it was like these weird, ugly alien things, right? Like, like, like there's a distinction you gotta make. Like, when you compare Messiah with the Deleter. Like, they're both space things. Yeah. But it was like, the aesthetic was kind of weird. So I never really, like... I wasn't like, man, this looks super cool. I was like, this looks alright, but it looks kind of creepy. And the gameplay style was completely out there as well. Like, it focused on binding face down and deleting your opponent's vanguard. And sure, the later bits of support ends up locking stuff. Like, you know, the Legion pair, the Legion mate, you know, was, would lock something your opponent's vanguard was deleted. Which is, like, cool, I guess. But it didn't really, like... Like, it almost felt like its own clan, rather than being a sub-clan, as it were. So that's kind of what I didn't didn't like about it. But then... Like a week before Worlds, this is this is a funny story actually. So a week before Worlds, after testing Deleter, someone on the UK Facebook group for Vanguard was like, "Oh, I'm selling this Deleter deck," and I was like, "Oh, we've been testing it online. Let me see how much you're selling it for." It's you know, like I wouldn't mind having it just to have, you know, if nothing else, just to round out the Joker collection. And he was, I was, I was asked, messaging me a PM like, "How much you selling it for?" He goes, "Yeah, I'm selling it for this much," and it was like, it was way overpriced. Like he had priced it like double of what it was worth so i was like man that seems a bit high i'll offer you this much for it and i offered him like straight up market price you know comparing this was looking at like tcg player and card market and like very you know, ebay and other various sites and i was like yeah like here's what it comes here's what it actually comes to if i was to buy build this online myself so here's what i'll offer you for it and he's like nah that's too little i'm like all right man suit yourself and i showed him the screenshots like you know like look man your pricing given it like $15 and it's like $8 a copy and I showed him screenshots and he was like you know if it's so cheap build it yourself and I was like sure I'll do that so in an act of in, a, in an act of nothing but raw spite I <laughs> love it and built a the best motivator yeah I built deleters myself for half the price that he was asking and then the next thing I was like oh I guess I own deleters now sure I guess did, did you DM him a, a picture of, like, your receipts from all the places you ordered from and be like, okay, you asked for it? For I, thought, I thought about it, but that would have been too petty. Aw, oh, come on. <laughs> Some of the best things in life are made through spite. Yeah, so that's... I ended up with deleters, and then going... You know, from that point onwards, we had verse. It was alright, but it wasn't amazingly like, you know it's tier 1.5 and then we had eventually we had rondo which gave it a lot of boost and then stargate gave it a huge boost and it was really good for a point in time but i just never really like I know, it was never my cup of tea like it was always the least favorite child of the three mm-hmm. unfortunately Man, it would really suck if they were like the main archetype for the beginning of the reboot or something I think if, they, if I think if Deletus had been like the main leading Joker throughout the entirety of reboot, I probably would have given up at this point. <laughs> Straight up, honestly. Understandable. I mean, like I say, I say that as someone who's invested in you know a place sort of ORs and I have all eight VDRs. You know, I, so it, it's all there. It's just a case of like they just sit in the binder, and it's the Messiah and the Chaoses that are actually sleeved. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bougerot is stupid enough to not bring back, you know, their their messiahs and their chaos stuff. It's the archetypes people actually liked. Yeah, right. I I'm kind of split on that. Like, obviously, I'd like to see Messiah and Chaos finally be good in premium for once. Mm. 
But at the same time, it would be unfair for us to get preferential treatment when everyone else is bitching about nostalgia milking already. Or they could make new units. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down for that. I'm, down. I'm, I'm totally down for that. See, we just need to have weird copyright issues with every existing archetype in the game so they'll be forced to be creative. Because <laughs> that's what happened with Amon, yeah? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, I think Link Joker is one of the very few... Like, Link Joker and Narakami... I think I'm trying to think of anything else. Link Joker. So, one of the weirdest issues I saw moving from Limit Break to Legion to G was this weird, like... It was what's the word I'm looking for? It was an inconsistent support of archetypes, right? Mm-hmm. So Link Joker has been carrying the Star Vader name for God knows how long mm-hmm. until G format. The same with eradicating like Narakami's Eradicators, they've been carrying that name. You know, it was one of the few like combined archetypes across Limit Break and Legion. And I think like you know, DP has it with D Robo. Not uh, much else comes to mind. Gold Paladin with. Uh... Liberator, yeah. yeah. Uh, right? Genesis with, you know, witches and maybe a little less so, but... Yeah, and then obviously all of these, they eventually got some support in G, but it was like, it was really weird how, you know, Royals went from whatever they were to whatever they, like, to, to something else. And it's this, like, like, Bushiro's insistence on named archetype support made it really weird to, like, print good cards mm-hmm. and so that you know, I, I just didn't remember this like there was a point where I was playing during early G and I was like let me try and build an old deck just for fun's sake and I, you know, I was like man I like Short Child a lot you know, Short Child is my favourite card ever let me go rebuild an old deck for that and I'm just look, looking through all the Link Joker grade 2's I'm like well I can't play Photon because I'm not a Star Vader Vanguard I can't play Radon because <laughs> I'm not a Star Vader Vanguard I can't play this because I'm not a Star Vader Colony Maker doesn't search, like, only searches half my grade ones. I was like, man, why isn't Shawshot a Star Vader? And I was just remember being like, oh my god, this, like, that, that ruined my day, basically. <laughs> and you know, it's nice to see that they've. They almost abandoned that for G series, for V for V series, up until Craven Claw got spoiled. And then we went back to the same problem all over again. Oh, uh, but. No, they still had that problem for like mid V era support around the Excel meta where like Aqua Force cards on- specifically only supported last card Revon or right, specifically yeah. named Dragonic Vanquisher, which is why the new one has to also be named Dragonic Vanquisher specifically. So oh yeah, that for sure that's a problem. But it's like it's it's a more it's a more acceptable problem because at least they're a lot harsher on that. Like, you know, like, it has to have this specific card in your Vanguard, so who's like, okay, sure, like, it's all about this thing. It's not like... it, Because the problem with Star Vader compared to specifically Dragonic Vanquisher, right, is that Star Vader mm-hmm. is generic enough that it should basically just not be there. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it actually makes a difference. Whereas, you know, with Dragonic Vanquisher, realistically, that's not ever going to make a difference. Now, that's kind of what ticks me off about it. It's like, I could play this, but then compared to like you know yeah like the claret support like i'm always going to be on claret so it doesn't actually matter mm. yeah clan selection has been pretty bad about just we're going to introduce a bunch of new random archetypes but they're only going to get three cards so you can't possibly make a deck out of it 
except for Battle Sisters, where you get to play like a random 8K vanilla. Yeah. God. Oh boy. <laughs> it's almost like that when they introduced the Clan Selection Plus, they're like, "This is for premium," where you had your support before. What is it? Maybe, or yeah. maybe well, like may- half these cards aren't even good in premium. Yeah. Or uh... I mean, yeah, yeah. The what's the word? The thought was there at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> which I guess the thought that counts. <laughs> I mean, it's sad because, like, you know, the great zirconium is incredible in premium. Like, that's one of my favorite cards that have been printed in a long, long time. Because mm-hmm. for once, it's locking. It's it's an initial lock that isn't Vanguard only. Like that's that's to me like that's legitimately groundbreaking. Why? Because normal because almost all the cards are like if they have a lock card, do this. Right? Yeah. No, every other first lock is Vanguard centric. Mm. Even going back as far as like Mobius Breath. I didn't actually realize that. Mm-hmm. Like you had stuff like there was a few things that could lock on Rearguard Circle like uh like Singularity Sniper, Malepton. But they had a lot, like, they had really high costs or, like, an extra hoop to jump through and it wasn't really reliable. Right. So, yeah, Zirconium is like, whew, that, that, this, is, this is pretty good. It's just a shame that, you know, it's surrounded by a lot of uh, questionable quality. Mm-hmm. In standard format or just in general? Just in, in general. Like, it's... Oh. I think that's always been my issue with how they've approached the design. Especially, especially like in V series, like the fact that Locke wasn't brought back since the beginning of V series. Like I was talking about this with Solemn a long, long time ago, and we were saying how like it's a shame that. You know, and I'm gonna paraf- I'm gonna paraphrase his words, but use slightly harsher language here. Okay. <laughs> and it's like it's a shame how Bushro just decided to dick suck the casual player like since the beginning of V format because Locke is so like uncasual. Because, you know, like I said, like any good player, eventually learns how to play around lock and deal, you know, deals with the, deals with it as a as a quote unquote problem. Mm-hmm. Whereas new players or like casual players, they run into it, they get stomped, they get compl- they complain, and then at the end of the day, Bushroad loses a customer. Like that that is the unfortunate truth. And so I get the fact that you know they're like we want as many people to play our game as possible, so they made it a lot easier, a lot more appealing. But in doing so, they made it less appealing for the top percentage of players who are like, ooh, this is, you know, here's a problem that I don't get to face every single day. Let me figure out how to how to solve it. I think that's a thing with the player base in general, uh, especially with how fast new sets and especially ban lists where they're almost at random, not at random, but just whenever. Um coming from Boucherode, there's almost a a need or an inability by the player base to uh, problem solve and to just have a problem for a while. Whenever whenever a, a deck, like, wins a few events, they're like, kill it, kill it now. It needs to die now. I'm like, it's been out for, like, a month. Relax. You know, I I, I come from yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! That, like, when a, when a deck tops an event, sure, usually that ends up being the thing that gets the axe on the next ban list, but there's, like, a, you know, anywhere between a four and a six-month period where yeah. you're stuck with it. And sure, that may be a thing, 
but you know it's com- you know the next ban list is coming whereas because we don't know a, when it's coming from Boucheret, it's almost reactive instead of proactive it uh mm-hmm. it, it makes a a, a feckless uh, player base <laughs> nah man angel feather is the most broken thing ever we have to destroy it immediately see what i mean <laughs> It's, it's even more damaging as well, especially because, you know, with the most recent fiascos of Luar and Gurgit, like, you know, don't get me wrong, I think those two were actually problems, like, massive problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, that like, if you consider those to be true positives, then we've had just as many false positives over the last year and a half, like, you know, hitting Cho to two, or, uh... <laughs> You're hitting anger blader to one so like when when legitimate problems like that occur it becomes a lot harder to tell like when it's an actual problem versus when the people are just bitching so it's like a boy who cried wolf scenario yeah exactly it, which is and it makes the first response for people when things like when like new strong decks come out to like ban it till it and like now. saw this in magic when they started banning like a whole bunch of cards Everyone just wanted, like, at the next best thing to be banned. They get a ban Embercleave, and they're like, no. <laughs> it's even more annoying because. So, it's actually. Because with Bushro, we actually do get scared. Like, Bushro does actually have, like, a time, a schedule window for their ban list. Like, it's every. It's every. It's twice a year. Once at the end of the WGP season, which is usually like you know the February one that we got early this month, this year because mm-hmm. of a transfer of emergency, and then we usually get one in like the September to November time frame, which usually coincides with either the start of the season or like the end of the summer season. I think the summer season in Japan changes every now and again, so it's not super consistent. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we we are always promised two ban list announcements a year, and you remember like there was a point in G where we had like two or three ban lists in a row where it was just no changes, no changes. Because we had that with yeah. Weiss as well. So they do like... We, we can expect like two semi-regular ban lists a year. The problem is that the way they approach them is that they only start thinking about them like a month or two in advance. It's not like, oh, there's a problem in Ju- in January, so which means we're going to address in February. It's not like we're going to keep an eye on it see how it trans- plays out over the summer and then ban it in, in September. It's just, okay, no people are, like, you know, this is an immediate problem, boom. It's just like, it's just a straightaway thing rather than like a slow, gradual process. It, the, it also confuses me that they're willing to ban cards, like random cards, bef- like because they think there'll be problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you just have decks that like don't exist. Like, the biggest example of this was ban- when they banned uh, Commander Laurel when G-Era started in Japan. They hit it to one, I think. Yeah. And then, in English, they never did that. So you had this deck that existed in English with uh, Sinbuster, and then Japan just never had that deck because they had Laurel 1. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, this deck wasn't even like... I mean, this deck was, like, really good. I just don't think it was, like... A huge problem? Yeah especially not after G-Guards came out, but, like, you know, it won an event or two in English, and that's, like, it. Yeah, another like, recent example is Flanger, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, nowadays, Night Rose wouldn't even run that card if it could. 
Wait, yeah, the... it's like they be the Frankenstein guy. The what? The Frankenstein. Frankenstein guy. From, oh, oh, oh. It's like 12k yeah. had a guard restrict. Yeah. Um. What was the reason that they did that in the first place? It was. I think so. The reason they banned that and variants hard leg was preemptive because this was like the a month or two like a month or like three weeks before vbto 9 came out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they were expecting shaharit and night rose to be really really good decks oh because they, so they just the attack exactly so they just gimped the quote-unquote finishing power of those decks mm -hmm. so like hard leg was fine to bad i don't mind like so people were annoyed about it but you know i i think di is already just a, a time bomb waiting to go off but with with grand blue it's like sure but at the same time, like, is making a Frank really better than just swinging with a 60k Skull Dragon? I don't think mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, in the case of Flanger, he's an X skill. Um, okay. And uh, with the multi-attack in Nairos, it dies and then you call it back. So it's not like you're doing that twice. Um, whereas in DIs, it's a restand, which is different. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, also it isn't hard legs for like the whole turn. Yeah, it's on, yes. uh, on play three different cards, three different names when you he or she. So it's just the whole turn for everybody. Looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so again, like that, yep. that's why I don't mind hard leg still yep. being gone because it's by far the more egregious card. Mm. Yeah, uh, flanger just seems a little. It's excessive. Um, yeah. They said in a Lynch Oder episode. Um, <laughs> I, I'm surprised they re they remembered to un to unban Show this ban list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we brought it up during the the episode where we talked about it, where it was like that kid who's been in timeout too long. They're like, "Oh, you're still here? I'm sorry. Go go outside. You're fine. You're fine. Sorry. Hope he's not mad with us. You know." <laughs> <laughs> And Vanquisher is doing good right now, I think, so... It's it? just funny how Vanquisher has been playing Zero Cho for the longest time. <laughs> so it's like, cool, EDD gets to play 4 again, I guess. Yeah. I was thinking about when they first hit it, I'm like, this is probably not what I would do, but I would, I, I got, it was like, pretty easy banalist to do almost nothing. And they're like, oh, here's like four things. Yeah. yeah. Vanquisher getting the lightest hit. Mm -hmm. And you're like, <laughs> okay. Um, what's your favorite version of Lynch Oder that you've played in uh, premium Ooh. format? Or just, Ooh. yeah. In general. In well, general. not premium, yeah. So back in G. Yeah. And this is like. So yeah, so back during the Stargate era, mm -hmm. there was a build of Messiah that was mega combo focused. And I, I love that because it was just. Like. That was that was a literal ten minute turn. I think it's also it's also to this date still the most viewed video on the Yellow Vanguard Vanguard channel. Oh really? Which is you know exact. Yeah, it's like humongous amount of views, which is incredible. And obviously the combo is outdated now because like half of those cards aren't playable anymore. Yeah. But I remember like so, me and so one of my friends in the UK, Kalen, who has also been you. Know, He's, he's known throughout Europe as being that guy who won two standard events in one season. He's also, like, a big Messiah fan. And he linked me, like, this Twitter video of, like, I think it was, like, some Japanese or some Korean player 
showing off like a very small combo with Natalia Messiah and uh, Dunamis. Oh, and I was like, this is cool, but we can take this even further. And so he and I, you know, we brainstormed a thing, and then he sent me a video where he discovered we can do it with Awaking. And, you know, we fiddled with the list back and forth, and we settled on this list that on the second stride could hit you up to seven, t- eight times, requiring a total shield value of over 200,000k shield. <laughs> That's a lot of shield. Yeah, because what you do is you have two Awaking Messiahs, which you then lock using the PG from Drop Zone, the new one. And then you would boost with Dynamis. Dynamis would lock itself to unlock a Awakening in the front row, which would obviously restand the, the Metallia. Yeah. Then the Awakening column would attack, also boosted by Dynamis. So that Dynamis would lock itself, unlocking another Awakening behind the Vanguard to restand the Metallia once again. Then you'd attack with, Van- with Vanguard. And we had now Basaltis, which could both lock and unlock at the same time. So you would relock the Awakings and unlock the Dynamises and repeat again. And the entire time, Metalia would get huge because it gains 3k whenever something gets locked or unlocked. Yeah. So you just have this like snowball effect of it's going to stand five times and it's going to get really, really, really big every time. So and you basically point, like, just did the Sazanda effect, but in Link Joker instead of Nova Draft. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and that was, like, that was super fun to me. Like, like When we figured out that we could do that, and we figured out, like, okay, so it's plus 12 this time, then plus 12 again, then plus 24 on the third stand, then plus another three, another four from the Dynamis, plus two from this. It got, you know, it was like, we were talking like plus 12, five or six times, including, and then triggers. And it was like, man, these are like some ridiculous, like, these are like DP levels of numbers at that point. You know, no one had ever broken like 50 or 60k on one attack before. Mm-hmm. And it was like, whoa, this is this feels good. And obviously now 60k is like Lamau, whatever. <laughs> what but back the... then it was like back then it was new ground. Yeah. What with the 10, 15k shield triggers yeah. and whatnot, yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's probably my favorite, like the most interesting thing Joker's ever been. Because it was the most combo oriented style ever. Mm-hmm. And this time you actually had the pieces to like support the combo. Which was great. How consistent was it? Uh, not mega consistent, unfortunately. Because you needed to have two Awakings, two Dynamis, a Metallia, and a PG in your drop zone. So there's a lot of parts involved in getting there. So it's a six-card combo? Yeah. I remember Awakening being like super important for all the nonsense. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you know, it wasn't like an amazing deck. But if you played it like smart enough, you know, if you played it patiently, then you could get off fairly soon. Like I said, you know, you only need to have GB two to really like start going, so you could G guard into it. But the main thing that made it work is that, like, when I was playing it at like you know locals and stuff, people still had this notion of like, oh man, it's Link Joker. I need to be like you know walking on eggshells here, and so that would just get, that was giving me all the time I needed. One thing that sucks about trying to look up cards like just on the Link Joker page on the the Wikia is that it all kind of starts the same, right? Star you have a massive cluster of Star Vader, yep. Massive cluster of Star Vader, massive cluster like something Messiah this or Lady Battler of that or whatever. It's uh, it's it's a thing. 
uh, <laughs> I was like running around looking at the effects while he was listing them, like Dunamis this and awaiting that and Mentalia this. It's a lot of stuff I haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so after seeing this chaos stuff come out and being mildly disappointing, uh, <laughs> I will put a link to that rant video in the in the description because it's very well thought out. It was like, what, almost an hour? <laughs> well, I think I think the rant section was... Oh, no, the, the rant section was like, maybe like, what? 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, and then you had yeah. like testing and stuff, too. Yeah, the rest um, of the stream is like two yeah. or three hours long, yeah. yeah. Um, what, what would you be hoping that they get uh, coming up in overdress or anything? We're I think recall- I'd like to see an overhaul, to be honest. An overhaul? Like, yeah, so the thing about Link Joker is that it's always been a very Vanguard-centric clan, like, in every sense of the term. Like, you know, all the lock... When you're playing Star Vaders, all your locking comes from the Vanguard, all your power comes from Vanguard effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Messiah, all your locking and unlocking comes from the Vanguard only. And then in Delita, the ability to delete your opponent comes from the Vanguard only. Mm-hmm. So it's... And then it pays for that by having garbage rearguards. And the problem is that unlike a, unlike other Vanguard-centric clans such as Kagero or Dimension Police, the Vanguard itself is not enough to get there. So, you know, like the biggest example I have of this was back during 2017 Springfest, I think? 2017 or 2016. I was playing Springfest and I was playing Chaos. And... You know, it was a Springfest. It was a tournament I originally wasn't planning to play in. I only went to the event to take my judge test, but then they told us, "Oh, we're doing judge test at the end of the day, so you might as well take part." And then I ended up somehow like you know, barely missing top six, top eight by like you know, a few tiebreaker points, which mm-hmm. was super weird. I was playing Chaos at the time, and back then this was like, this was Fighters Collection Chaos. So this was GBT like GB8 cards had just come out that weekend, and you know, Link Joker's win, Kelsa's Wincon was just stall until GB8, wipe their board, and then make them lock 5 from hand. And it was like, it, it was the wink on that got me there, you know, I went like X2 throughout the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. But I remember the entire time, my rearguard columns never, ever, ever getting past 21k. It would always be 16 on this column, uh, you know, 26 or maybe 33 on Vanguard column, and then 16 plus one or two triggers on the other column. And every single, like, I never won a game by pushing my opponent to six, ever. Well, not legitimately, like, eventually I got them to six, but it wasn't through, like, just regular turns. It was always, I'm going to rip five cards out of your hand with the GB8, and then you're just going to take all this damage because you can't guard any of it. <laughs> not not just, you know, like, making a thing that you can't answer and break through, literally just taking away your ability to answer. And it's always been, like, it's pretty much that's always been throughout the entirety of Link Joker's history, like, with the exception of the Metallia combo, Messiah's columns are always just, here's an 11k Arresta, followed by a 26k Fencer, and then here's my Vanguard, which has plus 20k and a crit. Cool. And then here are the 16k columns again. Yeah, and then they're like, I've already taken two triggers on damage, so, uh... Yeah. <laughs> or just, here, here's a couple of 5 was the same way, right? Delito was like, Oh, here's my 12k attacker, and then here's my 21k vanguard against your zero with a stand trigger. I stand my 12k attacker, and then here's a 16k given, which restands my 21k vanguard, and then his vanguard again. 
And then, oh, look, here's another stand trigger. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like, the rear guards were just, you know, we were playing, like, what, Guitario, 10k attacker, you know, Eva, Evo, which was just a 9k searcher. Like, it was only, str- quote-unquote, strong because your opponent was on zero power. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it wins, it wins, right? Uh... Oh, yeah, like, it was fine. I'm not knocking the fact that, you know, it got the job done. I would just like to see, like, either commit, like, an overhaul in that, either commit fully to being a Vanguard-centric and make a deck completely not reliant on rear guards at all, or spread the power out a bit more and make make us be forced to think about the game plan. You know, like, take Kagro, for example, right? The cross could easily win a game with no rear guards. Yep. I think, you know, to an, like, with the exception of Laurel, to an extent, DP could as well. You know, you just... Break ride, Legion, check a grade through, and your opponent dies. Like, you don't need to have rear guards. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even Laurelst, I think, still fits the bill because it doesn't matter what your rear guards are as long as you just, <laughs> yeah, you just have right. random yeah, exactly. crap to rest. Yeah, you have yeah. warm bodies. It doesn't matter. It could be like somehow the opponent gives you a plant token. Still, stuff you can rest. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Good to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, either put them on that level where I don't actually care about my rear guards, I just, you know, Swing with like some fat vanguard while you know controlling your resources or your board, or make it to the point where the rear guards are the things that either lock stuff or gain mass amounts of power, and less less responsibility is given to the vanguard skills as it were. Like you know, look at how much text is on chaos. Like it doesn't need, like the new chaos. It doesn't need to have that much text, realistically speaking. Yeah, yeah, and like a lot of the power from the new cards go to chaos, like. Zirconium, if you don't get a back, back row lock, gives a crit to your vanguard, and then Chaos itself gets, like, 10k, so... Yeah, like, all the all the responsibility that the Rayguts have gotten recently have been making your vanguard work. Like, Craving mm. Claw is a perfect example, right? Like, the deck as it is right now, in Standard, is so reliant on seeing Craving Claw to actually, like, pull ahead, so that it doesn't lose to the Force Markers you give your opponent. Mm-hmm. But that's that's not how it should be. Like it shouldn't be. I need to have Craving Claw or I lose. It should be Craving Claw makes this deck really really good. I guess that's the problem with uh, giving your opponents uh, force markers and also only having three cards of support to do this in, where the rest of all of Lynch Joker that involved locking was just yourself, because they were so afraid of uh, locking the opponent the entire time. Yeah. Because people hate it that much. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I wasn't, or am not, this person. I don't like having my stuff locked. But uh, that doesn't mean it's not healthy for the game when used correctly. Mm. I don't like losing, so I think any game where I lose is not healthy for the game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm used to just playing. Congratulations, you are now the average Vanguard player. I, I, I forgot to bring this up earlier, but one, I, I went out back when uh, V first started. I was a very naive person, uh, and I thought that they would bring back lock simply because Excel was like, oh, it, they're they're making Excel circles so that you can lock stuff and still have like things to do, or you know make like lock weaker in some sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but apparently that was just not the case. Apparently yeah. they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> We're gonna randomly make Link Joker into Narukami for a couple of sets. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> My bad. <laughs> how, how could I? I should have known. <laughs> Why is that exactly? Do we have a good reason, or is it just they just kind of did it because? Why not? I mean, like Vanish Delete was always a thing, but like randomly shoving it onto Schwarzschild was just like what? Oh no, sorry, I meant the not having lock despite Excel being a thing. I, I think it was really they were afraid of turning away players from the game, like because Reaper yeah. was meant to you know be like, oh you know it's like Vanguard is now really easy and really simple and really fun. And lock, like you know, I'm not going to die. Lock goes against all of those things for mm. sure. They're like, "What do you mean I can't use the circle? I can't put anything there? That's preposterous." <laughs> yeah, they like, say. this isn't Vanguard. Yeah. Come on. I mean, so I, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not that upset about it in context because you know, like, we we sacrificed good things so that everyone else could have good things. So if you look at it from that point of view, you know, it's. Yeah, sacrificing China. one to save the many is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. That's why I'm not upset about it. And like, sure, everyone else got to have their fun. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or just uh, play premium, and you, you you get all your stuff anyway. Oh man, if only it were that easy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've quite enjoyed it. Um, even if the only people I really get to play with are. Um, my friends here in LA, which again, can't really do that until I get my second round of the vaccine. Um, but it, it's like I, I, I did a premium match with uh, Commander Jaime on his channel. Um, got my ass kicked, but you know, it, it, it's the it's the principle of the thing that matters. Like, it, I, yeah. I had more fun with that than I do um, playing standard where you're like, alright, I get to pay... Two discards and four counterblasts to restand this one thing. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the things I really enjoy about Link Joker in the current premium format, which is so pretty much ever since premium became a thing, Link Joker has always been the quote-unquote victim of the format, like because we have all the tools to like do what we need to do. But we never get the chance to actually go out and do it because other decks are just better or faster or more threatening or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which is why Freeze Ray has been like you know, the staple part of the clan in premium for so long, because it's the only way that we get to play a fair game. And it's you know, figuring out like, okay, I'm trying to. This is my game plan. I'm trying to accomplish this with these cards, but I also need to not die to Murakumo on turn three, and I also need to not die to Di on turn four. And I also need to not give Bermuda damage until turn three. And so it's like, you now have to be much more reactive. It's not like, uh, it's not like Neo Nectar or Ezel back before they re- before their bands, where there's like, I'm going to do this and put my dick on the table and you're going to respond to it. <laughs> it's you, you were always the one responding to their dick on the table. Yeah, I mean, that, I, that kind of puzzle solving is like I really enjoy that when it comes to deck building. You know, being like, okay, this deck is going to do this to me. What can I do about it? That deck is going to do that to me. What can I do about it? Rather than just shove in fifty cards that accelerate this game plan. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Solemn Vanguard put out a video on his channel a few days ago, um, and he did it when I asked him uh, if he had any premium Isabel lists because I kind of wanted to see what he had going for him. He disappears for a few hours, and he's like, it's up on my channel, go watch. 
<laughs> Which is like simultaneously the most lazy and somehow the most solemn thing for him to do, where instead of like just giving me the the list on paper, he's like, here, I just made the thing for everybody. Just go check it out. High effort, low effort. At yeah. the same time, somehow. <laughs> Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's smart, right? Yeah. <laughs> get some views, get some uh, advertising dollars. I'm not blaming him. In any case, uh, the way the deck works is you're, you're, you just hyper go into the restand talented rhinos over and over again until they die. Um, yeah. And uh, they do this by they're running four Honolies, four of the Cray Elemental that's like a perfect guard for grade two and below vanguards mm-hmm. the yeah. the rock guy um and then the the grade three that on isabel becomes like a denial griffin when you g-guard yeah. with it um so he goes you just focus on the defensive aspects of it and restand rhino till they die that's it there is nothing else to it there's no mics there's no duck bills there's no uh you know n- no no big belly uh rear guards that kind of do a crayon none of that just don't die and then kill them on turn five or whatever that is um that's incredible yeah and as far as i can tell it's worked pretty well i've tried to against a couple of friends um apparently there, there's a couple glaring weaknesses against like these anti-meta decks that don't really put on a lot of pressure and then like your denial griffin stuff doesn't really affect them all that much because they have like a slow ramp up too yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing, like, Great Nature can afford to do that, though, right? Because all you need is Rhino and maybe a Crayon Tiger, and then Balrog does the rest. Yeah. Whereas we can't really afford to do that, because, like, anytime you start, to, like, the moment you mention the word Chaos, I now have to think about, you know, do I want to play Close? Do I, I have to play Penrose Gates? I have to play Zinks? Do I want to play Photons? Do I want to play this? I mean, like, if I don't play any of, like, these cards, if I, if I take that strategy and, you know, fill up with, like, Cray Elementals and Honolies and cards that just keep me alive, mm-hmm. like, I don't have that wing con. What's my wing con? I, I, I poke you with my 28k Vanguard. Yeah. With no, with no, inherent, with no inherent plus drive or plus crit. Uh, Same with Messiah. Like, you know, with Messiah, like, I have to play some number of Sacrifice. I have to play some number of Dynamis, both of which are 5k shield grade ones. Mm-hmm. I have to play... You know, I have definitely have to play a thing about playing freeze rays because that's keeping me alive until I can get to GB three with integral. Like the Wincon is so much so much less defined because I think you know both Messiah and Chaos are very much in this. Also, Messiah is in the very much in the midpoint of the scale of rear guard reliant versus vanguard reliant, where you're primarily vanguard reliant, but your rear guards win you the game, and then Chaos, you're entirely vanguard reliant. But then you just have no you have no win the game like you have no no solid win the game like no inevitability. There. So all these other decks that can just do whatever they want and like play these cards that keep them alive because they know that they can win the game somehow. Like I I don't know that I don't know if I'm gonna win the game. I know that I'm gonna freeze rate and lock maybe one of your guys and then try to survive. And then uh, like you know once it gets like turn five or turn six as Link Joker. It's like it's like that plankton means like I don't know I didn't think I'd get this far. Yeah, it, it, it seems like the best way to do it would be Stark, maybe. Like you, you just wear them down over the course of the thing, like rip cards out of their hand with the chaos strides and lock their board and slow them down, and 
maybe that ends. I literally don't know. It's Link Joker is kind of the least amount of expertise that I have next to Bermuda Triangle, but uh, but that's what yeah. I'm here for. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Stark's not a bad plan. Like, I did have I did have a list that focused on the Stark. Mm-hmm. I've only tested like one or two games with it, and it's fine. Again, it's just that case of. Like once you start actively defining a win con, mm-hmm. getting to that point then becomes the hard part. Like if you say I want to get to this point, getting there is easy. Like you can't you can't have both worlds. Like you know I can say like I can play freeze rays and homilies and like survive, and then I don't have stuff like I don't have stuff to make Stark threatening, mm-hmm. or I can make it so that the moment I hit Stark I win the game, but then getting there becomes a problem. Yes. And again that's why like you know there's. Like I think I've tweeted like two or three variants of the Glendios list now. Mm-hmm. Like I still think that's probably the best way to play Chaos because you just have that gives you the card draw and the board control you need to stay alive. And then Glendios is at least a win con that you don't have to work too hard for. You just play Glendios in your deck and that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys do have something like Chaos Breaker Deluge, which you know rips cards out of the opponent's hand and gives them a damage. Yeah, like, it, it rips two cards out of their hand, which makes so much difference when people are drawing seven cards a turn. Yep. <laughs> Average. <laughs> yeah. That made it sound like because uh, from my end, it, it, it like the sound receded, so it sounded like Matt was laughing as he was walking away from the microphone. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna go get a drink. That was so dumb. Or, I don't know. Yeah, um, like you know, compared compared to current premium, where it's like you know, oh. Murakuma rides grade 3 and then your life ends, or yeah. Aquaforce draws 10 cards while attacking you 5 times. Yeah, and then you know, they Pale also Moon have a, like, yeah. a, what's it called, that G-Guard that lets them unlock their stuff, or Pale Moon has a stride that pulls in their locked cards anyway, so it's not like your defensive measures of locking their board matters all that much. Exactly. Draw over uh, Rinna, or not Rinna. Well, like, uh, you know, even Harry, like, even Harry, Harry doesn't even need that G, like, that, that that line of text on the Harry Stride is so irrelevant because what like no matter what you're not going to be locking the stage Axel. So at the end of the day, you will at some point have to deal with a 50k crit pop dragon. Yeah, and you like you you can't deal with that because you just don't have the resources. Yeah, and also it, it shuts off Sentinels by that point. So exactly. Good luck. Um, this, is what, this is what I mean when I say that you know Link Joke is a victim of premium where. You're like, you're never the one calling the shots. You always have to play on the back foot. Mm-hmm. And so it would be nice to. I'm not saying you know. I don't want to be the one calling the shots because I I had that with Luard. Like I played Luard for a long time in premium, mm-hmm. and it was the go-to deck when I wanted to win win locals because it could do that because it just didn't care. Mm-hmm. I would just like to be in the. I would just like to not have to think as hard about my card choices and play cards that I actually want to play rather than cards that I have to play. It's a good sum up. Mm. Um, like, I, can, I can only think of one time in all of my time playing Link Joker where I got to play cards that I wanted to play rather than cards I had to play, and that was at the very beginning, you know, during the Schwartz Shield format, where I could play Schwartz Shield and not get laughed at because it wasn't that bad an option. And then by the time Glendius came out, it was like, there were so many cards that you had to play. You only had like one or two slots for the stuff that you wanted to play. Damn. So, 
you want like a full reboot of the whole clan or just uh, the chaos stuff? Um, <clears throat> I think it'd be nice. So, even though I complained earlier about you know the fact that Lane Joker is actually just three clans stood on top of each other wearing a suit, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mind like starting from scratch and you know, introducing just a brand new fourth archetype for Lane Joker. As long as this time it's unified, so like, you know, no Messiah, no Delita, no Star Vader, just something else, but all of it works together no matter what. So you mean like Star Hulks? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if if they were consistent about it, I wouldn't mind. <clears throat> I mean, look look at look at like Kagura for example, right? You could shove any random like handful of Kagura cards together. And you could get away with calling a functional deck, like, you know, like an example would be Doha, Doha Garan, right? Doha Garan are clearly meant to be Blademaster cards, because mm-hmm. Blademaster asks for them by name. But you could shove them into an Overlord deck. It would be bad, but you could do it. You'd get, you'd get like random plus one from it, right? <laughs> yeah, like, or you know, you could shove like random, like you could shove Illuminal Dragon into a Victor deck. Yep. <laughs> like that, that works. That does work. I don't think it's good, but it works. But like you know, I I can't shove, I can't shove Harmonix Messiah into a Chaos list. That that just doesn't work. No, you cannot. Not even close. Um, well, that's kind of what I want. Just like you know, just the ability to be like, like you know, when I'm brainstorming a new deck for Link Joker, I want to be able to open up the wiki page, and not immediately exclude half the cards on the list. Yeah, that I. I can I can agree with that. It's really frustrating, and they do it to like clans with like limited support too, which like really hurts. Mm-hmm. They're like, let's split this stuff up, and you're like, yep. but why? <laughs> like it works for clans like Bermuda, where everything's viable in its own right. Mm-hmm. But for stuff like you know, Link Joker, Mega Colony, Genesis, where you're already like you know struggling for like space, it's mm-hmm. like. Okay, I guess. Yeah, Link Joker and Mega Colony. I'll take my half a card and be happy with it. <laughs> Link Joker and Mega Colony have more in common, not just with the, uh, the theme of stunning the opponent's board. That it, it, it's been like a bit of a struggle. I think Link Joker has, in general, been better off than Mega Colony, but it still uh, looks bit looks like more of a problem than it is. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm sure somebody has, like, a bunch of recorded episodes from the past five years of me going, like, Link Joker's broken! You know? But, uh... <laughs> I think, all things considered, it's, uh... It hasn't been that much of an issue with, like, competitive balance, except for maybe the end of G era. Even and, then, I think... Yeah. Even end of G was not that broken. Like, honestly, chaos, like original chaos when everyone else was running reverse units mm-hmm. i think that was the only time in the history of vanguard that lane joker's ever been legitimately tier one i don't think i would ever put lane joker in tier one in any other time frame ever mm. which is which is really sad to me to say out loud but that's that's how it is like sometimes it's sometimes it's been tier 1.5 sometimes it's been like a rogue pick like you know, when messiah was good or when glendios was good mm-hmm. but it's never been like the thing. Like, I would I would never expect to see it in top eight of a BCS. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can generally agree with that. It's been always like right on the cusp, but never like outright 
the Bidoof or, you know, one of the Bidoofs. Yeah. Well, all we can do is hope better for them, and by that I mean they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of hurt there. No, I'm sorry. I'm I'm joking. Um, I mean, I'm all for the I'm all for the reduced number of clans in Vanguard strategy, and I'm more than willing to accept that Link Joker will be one of the casualties of that strategy. So, if they were to yeah. get like absorbed by something, what would they become? I wouldn't. I would absolutely not mind having a few Messiah cards in Nova Grappler. Okay. Yeah, okay, so th this is, I think, three guests that we've had that have been like, come on, like, you know, let's pare down the number of clans we have. Um, oh, I've been on this train for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I think we all have. Yeah. Plan <laughs> yeah, really like, right? Just put, the put the Messiahs in Nova Grappler, put the Star Vaders in Dimension Police. Mm -hmm. So now Nova Grappler, so that way Nova Grapplers and Dimension Police both have quote unquote control aspects to them now. Mm -hmm. which so make the leaders because they're in Dimension Police. Yeah, that too. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, episode one ninety two. If you want more you details, you make Dimension Police and Nova Grappler richer as clans, and you make it so that you know people just have to buy less cards. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because if Messiah is all about the restand and yada yada yada. Anyway, um, Zistral, thank you so much for coming on Nexus at night. Um, no worries, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, where can people find you out there on the internet? Yeah, so probably the best way to get in contact with me is through Twitter, which is. So, my personal Twitter, I just use for retweeting anime pictures. So that's probably not the most appropriate place. So, you know, if you want to like, if you want to talk to me as a person, I'm down. You know, I'm I'm open to contact. But if you want to talk about Vanguard specifically, I'd recommend going through the Yellow Card Vanguard Twitter, or the YouTube channel, which I'm sure you'll drop links down. The, there will indeed this. there will indeed be links in the description for all this. So yeah, yeah, like. YouTube uploads aren't super consistent, but that's because I always, like, I'm a big fan of making, like, educational content or, like, you know, very high-level theory content, which doesn't resonate super well with everybody, and it requires a lot of planning and, like, I have to, like, really find a script, you know. Like, for every video I upload, there's three videos I edited that I just choose not to upload because they end up not, for, like, they end up not conveying any good message or end up not being having any good content in them. Mm -hmm. And then for every video that I edit, there's, like, five or six scripts that I've written that I just, like, is this really does this really matter to anybody like so yeah video uploads aren't very much regular usually at the moment it's just like stream vods but if you want to watch you know the streams where where i play where i play premium and rip my hair out then that's you know my twitch tv slash zistral is where i stream under yellow card vanguard as and then failing that i'm pretty accessible on most card game discords not every vanguard discord because there's too many of those to join and take part in that i'd rather not Oh yeah, but uh, I'm I'm pretty easy to find on Discord if you just look hard enough and you know where to look for me. <laughs> you play the magic flute. He comes out of the bushes. Yo, you flute me. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, what about you? Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Wiggums Two Gs Two Zs. You can find me at Plasma Eclipse. And you can find me at Atlas Novak, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can also find the show at Nexus at Nights in the same places. Uh, or if you want to help support the show, patreon.com slash nexus at night. Uh, we also want to give a shout out to our $10 patrons, Darren and Cole. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We will see you next time. And until next time, I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Root Beer. Uh, yeah, I've been Zistral as well. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> and good have night. a good night, everybody. <laughs>